Hello and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain. I'm your host, Steph, and this is a show where we dive into health and healing and discuss how to show up well for the opportunities and responsibilities that life sends our way. Today we're going to start the conversation about anger, discuss what it is, and what to do with it when it shows up. Thanks so much for tuning in. So at its most basic level, when we talk about the concept of anger, we are talking about a chemical reaction that's going on in our body. And so one of the best ways I had heard it explained is we have basically chemicals from the brain, so we understand something and it causes us distress. And then we have chemicals from the gut, so cortisol dumps into our stomach often when we feel uh, strong emotions. And basically anger is when those two areas of chemicals converge. So chemicals from the brain and chemicals from the gut, they meet and they create, create an actual chemical reaction in our bodies. And so what's interesting is how many of us have grown up in homes or in contexts where we were told that anger is a bad thing. And the fact of the matter is anger is biological, it's physiological, it's literally a response that happens in our bodies, but we do have a choice with what we do with the anger. We can't stop it from showing up, but we can have some choice points in how we deal with it. Anger can show up in a lot of places. Um, One place in particular that it most often shows up is when we have boundaries set in our life and then we have people who disrespect those boundaries. Anger is a really good data set about who is treating us poorly. So in that context, anger can be very helpful. Anger can kind of steer us in new directions. It can give us clarification. Another place where anger shows up is when we feel a sense of powerlessness. I had once heard it said that as it relates to life, we are either walking into a crisis, we are actively in a crisis, or we are exiting a crisis. And if you think of in most of those contexts, there's powerlessness involved, that would kind of indicate that anger is going to show up pretty regularly in many of our lives. And maybe that doesn't feel accurate for you, but I know that when I walk with clients through their stories and we parcel through crises and either they're in one or they're resolving one or they're kind of preparing for a new one, many report that that feels very accurate. And so when powerlessness shows up, often anger is one of those uh, responses that is most tangible. We're going to talk, you know, about the fact that anger is not necessarily a primary emotion. Usually anger is a mask or an action, and then there's going to be a primary emotion behind it, and we'll talk through that shortly here. But life is filled with pain, and because life is filled with pain and because powerlessness is part of many of our narratives along the way, anger is a chemical response to those types of situations. And we have some choice points when anger shows up. We can resist it. We can observe it or we can climb aboard and explore it. And I want to use the analogy of a train. This can actually translate into many kind of emotion analogies. I hear this also used to illustrate anxiety. But as it relates to anger, let's imagine that there's a train going down the train tracks. And let's say I stand in front of the train and it's going 55 miles an hour and here I am and I'm I'm actively trying to like stop in its tracks when it shows up. Well, obviously I'm going to be bowled over, right? Centripetal force isn't going to allow me to stop the train or stop the anger, so it might just steamroll me. The second thing that we can do with anger is we can kind of, instead of standing in front of it on the tracks trying to stop it, we can stand up on the platform next to the tracks, and as the train passes or as anger passes, we can observe it. And we can say, yep, that's anger. Yeah, that's that's showing up here right now. We're not suppressing it, we're acknowledging it. What happens when you get really skilled at dealing with your anger and you're able to observe it is now we have another choice point. So you don't stand on the tracks and let it bowl you over. 
you don't just stand on the platform and watch it pass. You can actually now, the, the train will slow down and you can climb aboard it and you can start to explore it and figure out, okay, what is this anger actually about? Because anger often has a message for us. When we try to resist it, it can be incredibly painful and cause a lot of damage. When we let it pass, it's, it's good that we can do that. When we climb aboard it, we can actually start to resolve some of it and understand what it's about and then kind of grow in intentionality moving forward to how to deal with our anger. The reason that this topic feels so important is because over the last week, and frankly, you know, this is part of clinical life in general, but especially over the last week, I've been watching it show up in so many different contexts. And if we can't even name anger, we can't really do much with it. So we've talked about grief and how anger is part of the grief process. Any change and loss involves grief, so we've kind of walked through that in different episodes. But this past week, I'm walking with someone in particular who is grappling with their divorce story, and in addition to a lot of this sadness that they're experiencing, a lot of anger is showing up. And I've had to really work with them on normalizing it and saying, of course anger is showing up. Why wouldn't it be? You you are literally going through one of the most jolting experiences of your life, helplessness is showing up, your boundaries are being ruptured, all of the places where we would assume anger would show up, you're in it, you're in the thick of it. Of course there's anger. And she's sitting there talking with me about, well, I I don't wanna be angry. And I said, okay, I understand that, but you are angry. And if we can't even acknowledge that, we can't do anything with it. The second place I saw it show up is in a, I'm walking with a young woman who is going through some intentional family planning and she's um, trying to get pregnant. And she is month after month experiencing kind of the the frustration and the devastation of not uh, getting pregnant. And she gets so sad, but we can't even get at the sadness because there's also anger there. And so she gets overwhelmed. She gets angry and she basically shuts down because she doesn't know what to do with the emotion. And then she also judges herself for getting angry. And she understands cognitively, like, I know I don't control this. I know it'll happen, you know, when it's supposed to happen. And cognitively, she knows that. But emotionally, she can't stop the dumping of the chemicals from the brain and the stomach. And the reason I had to walk with her through the um, through the anger piece is because we actually have to get to the emotion that's behind it. But in order to do that, we have to address the anger. So one of the things I talked with her about is let's call it what it is so that we can then look behind it. We can find the disappointment and the frustration and the fear and the uh, challenges to your womanhood and everything that comes up behind it. But we have to start with anger because I said, I said to her, I said, I feel you're very angry and you don't know what to do with that. And I'm concerned that we don't get to understand what's behind it if we don't deal with the anger. So one of the ways I'm walking with her is when we have anger showing up, we want to put it in motion. We have to do something to stave off a rupture, which can happen if anger goes unchecked. So I'm going to use the analogy of a red balloon. And let's say that every time someone disappoints me or frustrates me or my needs aren't met or my boundaries are getting ruptured, I put a little bit more air in the balloon and I blow it up and I blow it up and I blow it up and I blow it up, but I'm not calling it anger and I'm not dealing with it. Eventually the balloon's going to pop, right? Like science just says the balloon's going to pop. So I want to work with each of my clients on putting energy in motion and saying, what could we do to, okay, the balloon's blowing up. What could we do to start taking some of 
of the pressure out of the balloon and slowly but surely easing up the pressure that's going on there. And how we do that is we have to put some energy in motion. So I was talking to the client related to her fertility journey and I asked her what she does to kind of grapple with big emotions. And she said, well, I haven't done it in a while, but one of the things I could do is we have a, a punching bag downstairs. And I said, okay, that sounds like a good um, a good avenue because I personally, I do boxing and um, especially in the, in the throes of high life stress recently, I channel it when I'm boxing, I will actually visualize what is filling me with angst. And, and when we are going through, you know, rhythmic sequences, I will just let loose and I'm channeling anger in a very intentional way. So I, I encouraged this with her and I said, I really think it would be important the next time um, you're feeling particular anger about this fertility struggle, I said, I'd love it for you to go downstairs, turn on something that's really kind of invigorating for you. And I said, I want you to start start punching it out for a while. And I said, I do believe within a short amount of time, you're going to lose the intensity of the anger and we're going to have a different emotion show up. And I said, I wouldn't be surprised if you started sobbing or you just kind of, you know, just sat there and kind of felt so depleted and exhausted or um, you, you started feeling kind of vulnerable and scared. I said, once we start sorting through the anger, something else will show up there, but we have to acknowledge the anger first. And so I look forward to walking with her in a few weeks and seeing if she's done some intentional kind of sorting through and expressing energy related to her anger. I'm curious if we're able to find what that next step is behind her anger. Um, one of the places too that I work with clients, and, and I had a, a gal specifically come in and kind of reiterate this. She was going through a breakup and she said, I know that right now I can't be taking my uh, my motorcycle out because I'm just too angry. I know I will be impulsive. I know I will be reckless. I know that I have an absolute short fuse. And so she's acknowledging that yes, anger is here and it's running the show right now for a minute. And because that's true, we need to manage life well and not put her in situations where she might be more reactionary. Um, I really appreciated when I was walking through um, a particularly difficult season a few months back, when I talked to my supervisor and just shared with him some of the things going on and I said, you know, X, Y, and Z are certain things that I think I need to address in my life. And he said, what I would wonder if it's the right message, but the wrong season, meaning you're in a, a period of high stress and you're in a period of being somewhat emotionally uh, ramped up. He said, I would really wonder if these conversations should wait. And that was really helpful for me to understand that even if I have the best of intentions, even if I have the best execution of, of a conversation with someone, he said, I would wonder if it's just the wrong season for that because you're in a season of high stress and um, high reaction. I, I appreciated that particular warning so much. And that's a warning I would like to give to you as well. If you are in a season of anger and you understand that, watch what you commit to. Don't put yourself in high-risk situations. Um, don't use substances, guys, especially things like alcohol and, um, uh, you know, any type of illicit drugs. They are going to impair your cognitive functioning to some extent. Not a good thing when anger is at play because you don't know how you might be, like once your impulses are lowered, you don't know which direction anger might go. So I would heavily encourage you to reconsider any sort of alcohol and drug use, especially in a season of anger. But what I what I do want to land on is we have to acknowledge it. If anger is part of your story, we have to start to parcel through it and, and put it in motion. We have to do something with it. If we just let it sit there, 
it is going to grow and grow and grow. And we're not going to understand what's actually behind it. The vulnerabilities, the, the sadnesses, the frustrations, the unmet needs, those are so important and those will propel our lives in new directions, but we have to deal with the anger first. Just as a cautionary tale, there are some uh, studies that indicate that unprocessed and unresolved anger has really catastrophic health outcomes. There's a lot of tied, uh, again, correlation is not causation, but there's a lot of correlation between like illnesses like congestive heart failure and the unprocessed anger that someone holds with them for a really long time. If we look at studies of toxic stress, often again, which includes unprocessed anger, there are indications that your lifespan will be significantly shorter because of unprocessed pain and unprocessed anger. Repressed anger also can lead to behaviors that we dislike, passive aggressiveness, faulty coping strategies, and faulty defense mechanisms, addiction, self-soothing. There's so many places that it can affect. And things like relational breakdown happen very quickly when we have anger and we don't know how to constructively use it. I personally, when I go through particular bouts of anger, I number one, process it through with people that I trust. So I've, I've said unapologetically that I go to therapy regularly myself and that's where a lot of anger gets processed through. I also listen to certain types of music if I need to put energy in motion. I go boxing three mornings a week and for me that is so helpful. Um, in particular seasons of a high stress, I probably task more. I keep myself a little bit busier so I don't sit in anger anger and just let it grow. Prayer and meditation can be so helpful. They're going to help regulate my body. They're going to help me take my, my problems and, and put them in motion in another direction. Those are really helpful strategies. You can come up with whatever strategies you want, but anger in motion is far better. And when I say anger in motion, I mean anger in an intentional motion where you process through it, you're not putting it out on other people. So I, I'm not saying just be angry and do something with it. I'm saying be angry and do something constructive with it something helpful with it, something that's processing and something that will help uh, put it in movement in, a, in an appropriate way. So that's where we're going to end today. Thank you so much for your time and I hope you guys have a good week. If you are listening to this on Monday, happy Labor Day to you. And as we kick off just a busy fall, I wish you all the best. You're welcome to reach out to me, healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. And I hope you guys have a good rest of your day.